Yo, I'm Augie. Hey, hey, and I'm Riz. And you're listening to Press Play with Augie and Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, a couple of guys that just voted, talk about movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Please subscribe to our podcast, and you can follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. Episode 56 has arrived, and since we're recording this on Election Day, we decided to make a two-part election episode. Part one will be pre-election talk, and part two will be post-election reaction. We'll also talk about Quibi and Shit's Creek. Stay tuned as Riz tell you which VOD and music albums are out this week. I'll let you know about the fact of the week, and this week's Six Degrees of Separation connection is Lawrence Fishburne and Matt Damon. But first, quick news. Okay, so Quibi is one of the newest streaming services that came out out of left field. It was launched this year in April with its slogan, Quick Bites, Big Story. It is a peculiar streaming platform because their niche was to provide big production quality in short 15 to 20 minute episodes. We discussed this a while back when we found out about what was going to happen and we had mixed feelings about it. The service was trying to sell it to those that were on the go and weren't really into binge watching or had that type of mindset. It was announced that the service is shutting down December 1st, only just about eight months of its launch date. Top head honchos blame the pandemic, but we think otherwise. Uh, when we first heard this, uh, I, I did have mixed feelings about it. But at the same time, I am one who cannot sit and watch or binge watch a uh, uh, one hour TV series for three days. Right. You so know? you gave it a shot. I didn't. Oh, OK. I, I didn't because I, it wasn't pulling me to pay an extra six dollars a month with what we have currently with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime and so on and so forth. And the shows weren't interested in. For me, I mean, a few of them might have looked a little interesting, interesting, um, but the the short format just didn't really appeal to me. I guess uh, I feel like they are the victims of their own um, demise. Demise, yes <laughs> they they invested way too much on big name actors. Yep, uh, to to try and launch it off to try and be too big too fast and mm-hmm. it didn't work out mm-hmm. um it's you know it's a shame that you know people are losing money over it other than the big actors that got big paydays oh they're fine um but you know i, I i'm wondering what will happen with all this uh all the content on there like it does it disappear does it get sold to to other streaming services uh That'll be interesting to see. Do you think it just get reverted back to the creators and it's up to the creator to sell it to another either streaming service or production or something like that? I guess it, it depends. It's a contract thing. Because if Quibi ceased to exist, they kind of don't own it unless it's in a contract. I'm not sure. But I do have to agree with you in the fact that they were too ambition too soon. And yeah, it's great production television it's not like you know uh low budget c-rated you know you you did you grew up without cable so you know that saturday afternoon 3 p.m low budget channel 39 
TV <laughs> movie, made for TV movie that was just really bad quality. I'm digressing, but no, they had like really good production and CGI and great actors, uh, but it was too too much too soon. Yeah, uh, they sh- they should have built up to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like how Netflix started out, it, they didn't start making, they didn't start out making uh, original content. Like yeah. they went a few years and then, you know, they started, you know, and it, and they weren't attracting gigantic name actors to begin with. Yeah. If you look back at their, you know, at some of their original, original programming, like Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. you know, Laura, Laura Prepon and Kate Milgrove are fantastic, but yes. they aren't exactly A-list, you know, actors. They were great guests and T and not Tia Leone, uh, Natasha Leone, Natasha. Who, who is amazing as well. Um, but they, you know, Quibi had to go after, God, like, who, who, like... Actress, actors. Anna Kendrick, I want to say Reese Witherspoon was in another one. I want to say Kerry Washington was in another, uh, Quibi original series. And it was just too, too much for them financially. And, you know, you were competing with these already well-established streaming services. And I think it's really weak for them to blame uh, the pandemic because they should have more views due to the pandemic because people are not going out and socializing. People, More people are staying home. In fact, there was a report that more people are watching TV uh, during the day than than before i mean oh, of course check your light bill because <laughs> we did and ouch mm-hmm. um but r.i.p quibi uh it was nice knowing you i'm very oh. indifferent about it nice not knowing you we well never... technically yeah nice not knowing you well i knew something was was up a few months ago when you know we have our free tuesday things with our cell phone they, they like give you coupons or or whatever from b mobile or something not, like that not for you know uh and they were uh giving away six months free subscription of quibi and i'm like that's not good for quibi Something, something's yeah. not good there. Yeah, when you're just giving away not thirty days, six full months, and even like that with that, I didn't take a, take take it up on the offer. I'm like, really? I mean, I I have to like sign in and create an account. Nah. Oh, well. it was too much. Yeah. But on to more popular TV programming, the Emmy-winning television show Shit's Creek is finally over for us we yeah we finally finished it actually we were watching about one a day and then yesterday we watched one and you're like let's just watch the, the final two as yeah, well yeah so we we did sort of a binge or a mini binge sort um, of for me it's like a huge binge <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't i don't binge anymore i can't like uh, i used to do like uh eight episodes i remember when uh, when I got the Buffy DVDs, because I didn't, I didn't start like getting into Buffy toward until towards the end of the second season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I missed like, I would say, uh, t- eleven out of the twelve first season episodes. I remember watching the the finale when my cousin came down and and she, I guess, had a friend that watched it. And yeah. She's like, let's check this show out. But I didn't get into it until the end of the second season. So like the first season and the, most of the second season were new to me. 
So I literally went through eight episodes a day. And this is like after work. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, I didn't wow. have much of a life. But, you know, that's cool. the first uh, TV show I actually binge was Breaking Bad. No, I'm lying to you guys. Uh, Mad Men. It was on Netflix. Okay. Um, and I binged the crap out of that until I told myself, like, like someone who's like going through like drug addiction, it's like I have to stop. I can't. Yeah. I can't go on anymore. Uh, but Shit's Creek ended in a very, very nice way that I liked. Um, it's a great show. I would consider it as one of my top favorite shows up there with The Good Place. And, um, what was the pie, pie show? Uh, Pushing Daisy. (laughs) Which we never finished. No, we haven't because at first we, you couldn't find it. And then when you did find it, we were like watching other stuff and it got carried away. But it's a really nice, nice show. If you guys haven't seen it, Schitt's Creek is really funny. Did you like everyone's ending should we talk about the ending? Spoiler yeah, alert. Why spoiler not? alert. I mean, I think uh, this is one of the times when we're probably way, way, way behind on the actual, on our listeners who have who have seen it, like, probably almost a year. True. Because um, it only just came to Netflix. Um, I like the, you know, basically the, the final two episodes were the f- finale episodes. I like that they, they did something with Twyla. You know what I mean? Um... She was always an interesting character that I always kind of wanted to know a little more about, only because the actress is also, you know, the sister of Daniel Levy and the daughter of um, Eugene Eugene Levy. And I always kind of wanted them to give her more to do. And they gave her, like, a really cute storyline in the end with her friendship with Alexa and that she... Was a freaking lottery winner, forty-five yes. million lottery winner. Ninety-two, uh, but she split it. Oh, uh, with with someone. Uh, so I, I really liked. I liked that they did that. And ultimately, she buys the cafe um, that made. She bought the thing that made her happy. So uh, you know that made me happy, and it was cute, or it was a, a nice touch to the Alexa storyline as well. Because you know when she came to Shit's Creek, it, she was very much looking down on the townies you know mm-hmm, what i mean and mm-hmm. look down at someone like twyla yeah. um so to see that friendship uh where it ended up that made me happy uh, i know that you your your main thing was stevie yes. um and how she would end up and you were like oh, how is this gonna go they better give something good well, for stevie yeah because she did decide that she wanted to leave the business uh three episodes before we started watching it last night um and i really liked that about her uh i like the fact that like she wanted to branch out and she didn't want to be stuck in this town and she she wanted to leave and she decided to become a flight attendant and then it just stopped there and they kind of like the next two other episodes were like being pushed in the it pushed her to the to the side and i'm like why are they not you know giving her more to do and especially like having it with uh eugene's character uh i forgot his name mr rose um, Mr. Rose and her, 
you know, have like this father daughter relationship, which I was hoping they had like some sort of dialogue when Mr. and Mrs. Rose were leaving and they would have like this, you know, friendship dialogue at the end and they kind of didn't. And I thought that was a big miss in my part. I think I thought they did. They when did? they were saying goodbye to, goodbye to each other, there was a very sweet moment between them. I don't know if there was a, a whole dialogue, but it was a moment. Yeah, would like we'll, we'll dialogue. Go, <laughs> okay. We'll go back and watch, but I think there was there was it wasn't a tiny moment. It was, I think it was for me. It was satisfying. They 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 it, didn't it, ignore their yeah. their their friendship or the the motto at the end of the the series was do what makes you happy, and I think that everyone ended up with their happiness at the end. Uh, Mister Rose got his his company with Stevie and Roland and that's going to happen. They, he had to move to the West coast. So it leaves Roland in Schitt's Creek, you know, rolling in money, <laughs> no pun intended, I guess. Um, get it. Roland and Roland. Uh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, ha- ha- have, okay. Have Roland in, in, in Schitt's Creek and have Stevie traveling, to possible other motels to franchise and her happiness was her knowing that she didn't have to leave but knowing that she could leave whenever she wants and that she had that opportunity to do so and i like that it's giving her more of an adventurous outlook and exploring outlook than how you say that i agree with you uh ending it with a love interest both her and alexis actually right uh, for Stevie, I think when the whole uh, flight attendant storyline was her wanting to branch out and visit different places, and then finding out that like the airline only went, you know, between there and what was it? Like the Dakotas, <laughs> the or Dakotas something or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she came back, and then you know she's the one that came up with the idea to buy like fifty. Or 500 motels holy shit something like that yeah um and she ends up getting to do what she wanted to do she gets to travel on she gets to see the world but her base will still be Shit's creek she'll still have that base uh i like how they ended it um and you know like you ju- you just alluded to i was happy that her happy ending wasn't um dependent on a love story yes i think that was important to show and i'm sure you know she'll have many many uh an on the road boyfriend or on the road uh partners orgies since well, uh, yeah. apparently that's what she's Good into for her. as well she's young and beautiful yeah uh i i liked how the episodes ended up uh moira of course uh ended up you know doing the reboot of her sh- her old show and of course um getting it in her terms on her terms she and i remember her opening that thing and i'm like it's a it's a tennis bracelet <laughs> <laughs> i know it's a tennis bracelet and of course david and um oh my god i can't remember his name patrick david and patrick uh got married and david ultimately decided that his happiness was in Shit's creek with patrick and they bought a house which i thought was very sweet as well yeah um, it was very emotional um, mm-hmm. finale. I do like, I you know, I'm not a big fan of shows when they're like, yeah, this is our finale. What of it? And it's just like a regular episode. And a lot of times that happens because the show was canceled and they didn't know it was the finale, um, i.e. like Full House or Married with Children or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the Cosby show. Um, 
<laughs> I thought they were going to do that classic, you know, walking away, walking out of the house, turning around, looking around. They might as well have. They might as well close the door. I mean, he did stop and look back at the sign. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you could tell during the wedding sequence that uh, the actress that played uh, uh, Stevie, em- Emily Hampshire, uh, she probably wasn't acting during that scene. She was in the background the whole time. She didn't have any lines, and she was losing it. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. I saw it. I caught that, too. And then the side actor that that played uh, um, Patrick's Patrick's father, who didn't have any lines in this episode, was doing the same. And it's like, all right, you were in, like, one episode before, so nobody likes you. (laughs) Stop getting emotional. But it was really beautiful because the happiness that they wanted was very grounded and very... uh, That everyone wanted, you know? It's... It was the ultimate happiness for everyone. Alexis went to New York by herself because the beginning of the episode or the beginning of the penultimate episode was them all going to New York because Mr. Rose went to New York for this meeting to pitch his idea, his and Stevie's idea, uh, motel franchise. And they were all like, oh my God, we're all going to New York. And at the end, it turned out that only Alexis was because she wanted to branch out with her PR and uh, it was a really nice, natural, organic wedding with the main focal point of David and Patrick's wedding. I, this is why representation matter, because I think it was the first time I've ever seen a show where the gay wedding was the main staple of the episode. And I might say the main staple of... The show? The sh- this season. This last season. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely. Um, the planning of the wedding. Definitely. And yes, no, there is ep- shows out there with a gay wedding, but it's always a small, intricate part of a larger story that the show or the episode is trying to tell. Uh, so it's kind of like a, been other shows get that gay wedding gets tucked away or, or moved into a corner, you would say. But this one was like so big and so focused that I felt, I honestly felt represented. I honestly did. And this is where we come. I know we're going to talk about more about this, but about how you need to allow other people that aren't white people do shows and do movies so people like us can get represented. Directors and writers. And you still, you mean... Right? Huh? Directors and writers? Yes, yes. Directors and writers and creators and showrunners, they need to be a a lot diverse like this because uh, it feels good to see yourself reflected on TV and know that there's people out there like you who think like you, who dream like you. Um, But all in all, if you haven't, which I know you have, I know my friends have, Brenda has started... (laughs) She came uh, over uh, the night before Halloween to pay us a visit uh, dressed as Moira from Schitt's Creek, kind of, sort of, but she d- she pulled it off. Um, David. <laughs> David. <laughs> David, do you take Patrick? <laughs> that part was so hilarious. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. 
so uh you know we we've said in the past that we don't like to get like too overly uh political um but as this is an election year um it's just what's permeating in our minds uh today um is the final day for voting because you know there isn't just one voting day anymore it, it goes several weeks plus mail-in which you know apparently all the mail-in ballots might not be counted this year but uh we'll see um we or at least i am uh losing my mind i want this this to be over i want the uncertainty to be over um part of me feels good about the prospects of a biden warren win harris i'm so sorry well alter, alternate reality that, <laughs> alternate reality uh warren is in talks for i think secretary and she'll be amazing uh oh my gosh alternate reality but the the funny thing is uh i think both of us during the primaries were all kamala 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 yeah absolutely um, and i was never really that thrilled with joe biden he just never didn't excite me you know what i mean uh moving forward another you know i'm sorry white man old white man um so obviously my choice i'm not gonna sit there and fold my arms and be like well i'm not gonna vote for him because i didn't get my first choice because i'm not stupid uh but i'm still happy that i i did get to bubble in a, a a thing with harris's name next to it you know and i feel like she uh she's she's the future of our party and i'm looking forward to seeing what she does in her new you know hopefully her new capacity um but i'm losing my mind good lord yeah you can tell out there in the neighborhood that it is election day uh, our local election polling place has all the signs of all like district people and mm -hmm. and judges and stuff like that, and it's it's tense in, in, and and a bit um, nerve wracking. Uh, a good word that you used earlier was uh, trepidation. Trepidation uh, in in the air. Uh, it is like you said we are recording on election day we haven't uh been recording lately because real world have has been kicking our butts um we usually have a very predictable routine um and we're usually usually off on the weekends but with my new schedule it's been very sporadic it's been very crazy and we're trying to adjust the best we can and we don't want you guys to think that we don't want to do this or we're putting our little podcast that could in the back burner we just have been focusing on real life a lot and since this is election week or election day uh riz idea was to do a two-part uh since we missed last week so the next episode will probably be released on Friday, and it'll be our election reaction. Um, Hopefully it'll be good news. How do you think the American people, babe, will, will react both as a Trump win and a Biden win? Um, I, 
honestly feel very good going into tonight. Uh, obviously not as good as I did four years ago um, because of what happened four years ago, even though Biden, you know, the polls show that the polls would have to be way more off than they were four years ago for Trump to, to pull out an electoral win. Um, what was the question again? Were you asking me personally? Well, yeah, I mean, and I can answer that too. It's like, how do you see the American people or America reacting to a, a Trump win tonight or and a a Biden win tonight? I feel like what Trump has been trying to set up was to basically declare a winner on election night. And it's very possible that not all the votes, especially in Pennsylvania, will be in tonight. And I've already seen my, uh, my far right relatives on Facebook being like, you make sure everyone knows that, that, you know, all voting or all counting should stop after or on November 3rd. It's like, when was that ever the case? Like, like they've been brainwashed to believe this. To think, to think that, yeah. And to follow that. Um, so I feel like the only way that he will win is to, to discredit a lot of votes, uh, to stop counting, to declare a victory too early. I don't know. Um, and I feel like that that is what he's setting up to do there. They, they built brand new, like a brand new wall around the white house because, you know, us liberals, we can take a lot, but two, you know, two popular vote slash electoral, like popular vote win slash electoral loss in a row. Uh, they're going to be storming the white house. I'm sorry. That tells a lot. Us bleeding heart, bleeding heart liberals are gonna be pissed if that happens. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Um, I know you you want to speak too. No, go on. Go Steve Kornacki. I saw a report on MSNBC. Who is cutie patootie, by the way? Openly gay. Uh, <clears throat> he made me feel better showing the his his map. Basically. Um, he had like this row of states, including Florida, of course, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like six or seven states. And then he had three on the top. And he said, this one, Biden's looking really good. This one, Biden's looking good. And then Pennsylvania, Biden's looking good. But but Trump is trying to, is really trying there. He said that if, if Trump somehow ekes out a win in Pennsylvania, he would have to win every other swing state which is not likely in yeah. order to win. Wow. If he loses Pennsylvania, he doesn't really have much of a shot. Mm. So they're saying like the election road is through Pennsylvania. It's really close in Florida. My effing God. Why? Why is it close in Florida? North Florida. I was talking about that actually last night with my gaming buddies. Uh, Kyle, what's up? Shout out to you and Tarin. Shout out. Um... It's all about, you know, North North Florida, Miami-Dade and Broward County. Uh, four years ago, we did vote for Hillary. Orlando's pretty liberal. Tampa's pretty liberal. Obviously, major cities across the country. No? I don't think Tampa's... You, you, you remember what your brother said when they went to Tampa. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of... Uh, My brother was racially profiled. Uh, what do you um, call those flags? 
uh, Confederate. A lot of Confederate flags there. Um, and uh, but yeah, South Florida is pretty liberal, and what fucks us up is is the Loxahatchees and and all that stuff. The Bible Belt of Florida. Um, and there's <laughs> there were times that Florida has tried to petition. South Florida has tried to petition petition to uh, separate ourselves from <laughs> North Florida several times. Uh, just as California has tried to separate itself from the country. Um, but looking at a Trump win for me is scary. And uh, so- socially, uh, I was going to say societally, but that word doesn't exist. Socially, it's going to be shameful knowing that there's people out there that are related to you, your friends, who voted for that man and has no intention of helping you or helping uh, other less fortunate people. I'm not saying that we are less fortunate, but it's like uh, a, a Instagram post I think Bianca Del Rio posted a couple weeks ago where she said if uh, your marriage or your skin color has never been fought in a supreme court like congratulations you have white privilege or you have privilege or you have privilege like yeah. you don't have to worry about that and there's things that we as the lgbtq community have to worry about which we shouldn't and also uh minorities as well that that have to worry about but since it's not happening to them directly they really don't care um, and seeing like a lot of Latinos for Trump uh, is very hypocritical. I mean, knowing that, you know, my dad and and Cuban backgrounds during uh, the revolution and trying to avoid communists flee a country to back someone who has similar ideology and similar thoughts. It's just astounding and astonishing in every bad way. Um, it's it doesn't look bright if if Trump wins, um, and I just don't like like I I I fight with people with mostly Hispanic people, and Hispanic people of color, and they throw they throw out their well I'm a citizen and it's like yeah but I you know Karen who works for uh the FBI or or ICE don't know that all I see is your skin color. So mm-hmm. by the time I get you, I arrest you, I put you in a cage, you go through all that process for me to find out that you're a citizen, the damage is going to be already done and they're not going to care about your papers and your citizenship. All they care about is your skin color, your accent and your last name. And the fact that those people continue to support a man that loves to racially entice the country is disgusting. Um, Can you talk, babe? Because I'm yeah. upset now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is well. This is kind of a bummer because uh, everything with the Supreme Court. You know the fact that Trump was able to put three, oh, yes. three, uh, you know, Supreme Court justices, and uh, the conservative so-called conservative branch or branch or part of the supreme court is so lopsided now uh i think regardless of 
whether we win tonight, I feel like we've lost. We've lost so much. Yes. Uh, yes. They're probably going to repeal uh, Obamacare. Um, and there's going to be a lot of cases, so-called religious freedom cases, coming up that will take our rights away, that will give uh, religious business owners the right to discriminate against us. Um, it'll be a a Jim Crow type thing, you know what I mean? And not necessarily, you know, it ain't like liberal Miami, we don't, you and I don't have that much to worry about, but, you know, there's going to be certain areas of our country and of our state um, where we're going to start seeing signs, you know, gay people not allowed or no gay people, um, which will suck to see. Um, I see it coming. Uh, That's if Joe Biden... um, doesn't decide to expand the court, you know, the, the freaking, uh, a-holes are saying pack the court and and I'm sorry, that's not packing the court. It's expanding the court. Uh, packing the court is not allowing Barack Obama to, or Barack Obama's nominee to even be Mm -hmm. heard. Yep. So you can, you can have a, a conservative president then nominate someone that's packing the court. You know, and then you can't even follow your own fucking rules four years later that you made up out of thin air. I, uh, I will like, now I'm getting upset. Uh, so hopefully. So then let's talk about what it would look like as a Biden, uh, win. I did read that Biden promises in his first, uh, 100 days that he wants to sign the LGBTQ Equality Act. Uh, which is awesome. And personally, they try not to touch marriage and uh, Roe v. Wade as well. Um, I feel like, you know, if something is set, then it should be that. It should be the law of the land, as they say. And I feel like with a Biden-Harris win tonight, we'll be able to sleep a little better. Right, babe? Um... A little, you know. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a two-four. We take back the Senate as well. I would love to see Lindsey Graham go down in flames. Uh, and Mitch and Susan. A, I, I don't think Mitch's race is close enough. Um, but I would, I would be more than happy to watch Lindsey Graham lose and Susan Collins lose. Um, I know. So it's um, it's been a tough four years, you know. Uh, you know, regardless of like of how we disagree with our politics, I just really, really don't like Donald Trump. I I, I could never watch The Apprentice. You know what I mean? Because I found that motherfucker extremely obnoxious. And so arrogant. and that's my right. You know, I I don't have to watch something that he's on, but. It's different when he's the fucking president of the United States. It's like every day is as another episode of The Apprentice. Uh, it's time. It's time that we get to the finale and fire his ass. <laughs> and then, and then you have these GOP uh, Republicans who bash uh, celebrities such as Cardi B or. Uh, LeBron James and they're like oh celebrities shouldn't have a voice in politics and it's like dude don't be a hypocrite you hired someone 
Yeah, you hired a rea- reality TV president. Fuck that. Who is butthurt that he never won an Emmy. Oh, but I see it all. Oh. Nice president, don't. So hopefully uh, this part will be a thing of the past and then he'll get his come up as you say as far as um oh new york is waiting for his ass although he's threatened to leave the country not threatened but he's voiced that he where's he gonna go russia i guess so. that wouldn't shock me <laughs> you know i'm sure he has a penthouse ready for him in russia oh yeah with his vault of his p tape yeah <laughs> all right so moving on handsome we hope that if for those of you who vote uh, have voted or if, what I mean is those who can vote have voted and those who are possibly in line stay in line until the very end. Don't be discouraged by voter suppression. Don't be discouraged about people in polling, policing, do what you got to do. And no matter what the outcome is. We will always try to stay stronger together because if one ant can lift a big leaf, several ants can lift a tree. Did you like that? Ah, I don't ah. think that's a thing. Ah, but it several is. ants can't it's, lift it's, a tree. It's an Augie inspirational quote. Ah. So, baby boy, what are <laughs> the movies and music that are out Today or this week. Cool. So new video on demand movies out this week. We have That Good Night, which stars John Hurt and Sophia Helen. Uh, Rajuki Sakamoto Koda is out, which is has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's a really? foreign film. And The Informer with Joel Kinnaman, K- Kinnaman and Rosamund Pike is out. Uh, new music out this week. Uh, I skipped a bunch last week, but that's alright. Uh, Kylie Minogue has a new album called Disco, as well as new music from Fate's Warning, Little Mix, Mae Muller, and Pablo Alboran. Interesting. Do you want to play Six Degrees of Separation? Interesting. Why, yes, I would. <laughs> um, so at the top of the show, I said Lawrence Fishburne and Matt Damon. Awesome. So Lawrence Fishburne was, of course, in the Matrix movies with uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves was in Speed with one Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock did, I believe the movie was Gravity with uh, George Clooney and George Clooney was in Ocean's 12 with Matt Damon nice and the fact of the week is Angelina Jolie admitted that she scared little kids while in costumes on the set of Maleficent with one kid actually saying mommy please get that mean witch to stop talking to me she adds that her daughter Vivian Jolie Pitt who played young Aurora was the only child who was not scared of her and that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it, because it's not mine. It belongs to the winner of the this year's presidential election, 2020, bitch! Whoop, whoop! We have come to the end of this week's episode. Episode two of this. Episode one of two. Uh, by the time you listen to this, hopefully we will have a new president. 
<laughs> but it's possible that they'll still be counting, so we shall see. Yes. Any movies to review or music to check out, email us on gopressplay2 at gmail.com. That's gopressplay, the number two, at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at pressplayar. That's pressplayar on Instagram. This is Pressplay with Augie and Riz. I'm, <laughs> I'm Augie. Hey, hey, I'm Riz. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.